Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by fellow consultant Fiona Hogarth. Hey, Fee. Hey, Dom. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. And I need your help this week to answer a question from a listener. Oh, I love a listener question. I love a listener question too. And uh, they write in, if you have a question for us, by the way, you can email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We do enjoy them. So here's the question, Fee. So I'll leave the name off and and the company name, just because I don't know if, if they want to be named or not. But I'm really enjoying the podcast, listen all the time. The examples are frank and frank conversations are excellent. Thank you. One thing I'd love to hear about in your culture action episodes with a DNI focus. One of my responsibility at the DNI team here at company, and I find it's easy to let D be the focus. So people are all about the structures and reinforces and less about the quote, what would it look like if we were truly inclusive? I'm a big believer that exclusion feels like exclusion to everyone rather than let's include that group this week. Love to hear your views. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put a disclaimer in first up, Dom. Go on. D&I is not my strong suit as a topic. So that's my disclaimer. However, uh, it is, you know, it's not my strong area of expertise. Let me put it that way. However, that being said, from a culture lens, that's a great question because it is important. Yeah, that's right. So let's tackle it from a culture lens. Mm. What were you sort of hearing in there from that question? So she talked about the D seems to get stressed and that we include this group that week, but we forget about the I. Yeah. So yes, it sounds like it's a bit, like you said, it becomes about the event rather than the actual bigger picture theme of what Mm. we're looking for, you know, and, you know, if we're putting it around, you know, what's the outcome that we're seeking? We want to have a workforce which is diverse and inclusive where everybody matters and those sorts of things. Mm. And it could just be the baby steps of the way we do it is about awareness raising. We'll have the event that's International Women's Day so that we remember that women are important. So it could be, you know, there's an event, but we don't always connect it to the why it is. And it sounds like in this question, it's a bit about how do you make even some of the event connect to the why in the bigger sense, which is the cultural piece about yeah, how do we respect our members? How is this diverse workforce going to help us achieve our outcomes? How do we, even from a customer perspective, how do we serve best serve our customers if we don't have any concept of representation of them within their workforce or in our engagement and those mm-hmm. sorts of things? So mm-hmm. I think that even might be a yeah, what's the how does the event help us do the bigger piece? Yeah, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, especially around like you say, like you know, Women's Day is saying it's like, hey, we have a morning tea with some pink muffins or something. Cool, but does that actually change anything? Like that, mm. that can bring some awareness, I guess, but it doesn't fundamentally change your day to day life, does it? Same no, with unless you, know, you yeah, ch- unless you take the time to reflect and go, wow, remember umpteen years ago. This didn't happen, and because of this, we've now got that, and that's enabled us to do something else. Yes, you know, and same mm. with you know, we can change the logo into a rainbow yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, the danger I think is this is a dominant personal opinion. 
I think sometimes it's a bit performative, some of the stuff. Mm. Like we we do the things you're supposed to do. We change the logo and stuff, but it doesn't mean we really believe it, live it, do it. Do you know what I mean? Like Because it's, yeah, it's a bit of that conventional lens on it. We do it because we have to, because exactly. we'll be accepted, you know, if we've all got our, you know, welcome to country exactly. recognition, acknowledgement, all that sort of stuff in our, in our thing. Do How do we do that every day is exactly. the difference when it becomes yeah. inclusive rather than, yeah, it's a norm. You know, it's the norm is that we do it because we respect those people and we want it to be fair for everyone, not just because it looks good. You know, and I think that's, yes, well, yes, because it looks good, totally. And so I think of, you know, our culture stuff. So where does it actually mm. come in when we're talking culture and, and some of the things we look at? And I think to the listener's point, she was talking about, I think exclusion feels like exclusion to everyone. And I think that's a fair comment, you know, how because mm. it's really about inclusion. You know, what does it actually look like in your day-to-day life? You know, it's not mm. just the morning tea. And so I pulled up a few areas that we measure. So one is employee involvement. So mm-hmm. management is interested in employee suggestions. Employees are actively involved in improving the organization, right? So am I, do I actually have a voice? Do people listen, right? And that can actually apply to anyone. You know, it doesn't mm. have to be a particular demographic, right? There's also selection and placement. So when a position needs to be filled, the best person gets it. There's a good match between job requirements and people's skills. So what I'm hearing there is it's based on merit, and mm. performance rather than some other Notice. kind of criteria, you know. Or I like you. Or yeah. I like you or you're part of, you know, the in-group or the out-group or whatever. Training and development, opportunities for training are fair and equitable. Respect for members, people are treated with respect and dignity. Decisions are made in a way that respect members' rights. People are treated well regardless of their ethnicity, sex or age. And then probably fairness of appraisals is the other area. So it will be based on performance rather than favoritism will be evaluated fairly without regard to race, sex, or age, and will be based on real measures of performance. And so what I was kind of hearing in there, V, is there's a big word about fair, came up a few times, mm. and probably like merit. So it's based on real measures of performance. You know, the best person gets the job. People are, you know, so there's a merit side. Then there is people are treated fairly regardless of ethnicity, sex, age. Mm. People are treated with respect and dignity. And I think to the, you know, so so we can throw the morning tea, but if I then go back to my team and I'm not treated fairly, you know, hey, mm. I'm not part of the group, whatever that may be, and therefore excluded or performance appraisals aren't based on favoritism. It's ba- oh, sorry, aren't based on performance. They're based on favoritism or some other kind of criteria. Mm. That's not fair, right? And it's not mm. merit-based. Because I think, you know, ultimately we're trying to encourage culturally achievement, right? Yep. Which is a big part of the merit side. And then the fairness side is probably affiliative and so on. Yep. The relationship side. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, a good call out in terms of, and also just thinking about, you know, what we're measuring when we're talking about culture is about norms and mm. what's accepted and, and what's not, and, you know, values, norms, and expectations, you know, shared beliefs, you know. So part of that component of, is it fair for everyone? Is it equitable regardless? You know, and I like that, you know, in terms of that respect for members, does everybody, and if we think about inclusion, regardless of whatever, gender, race, sex, age, you know, 
any language spoken, multicultural, any of those sorts of things, do I feel, am I respected and included? And do how do we organisationally make it okay for that? And the morning tea is a piece, but what are we doing in our day-to-day practice to make sure that it happens? So am I spending time with people to understand what it's like for you if you've got a disability or a learning difficulty, you know, and how do I consider that as part of our process and all that sort of thing? And that's, you know, and making that okay because that's the inclusion rather than, yes, well, we've had a morning tea and that's lovely, but I'm going to ignore you now that your day's over, you know, a bit like your birthday. You've had your special day. You're not special anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've had your cake, go away, you know. It's, a, you know, there is an element of, yeah, how do we encompass it and make it, yeah, it is about the fairness, it is about merit, it is about all of those things. And in an organisational culture piece, when we do that well, then there's probably a greater sense of inclusion and diversity. And that would be actually an interesting bit just as a background thought if we were to look at our organisations who've got those really constructive cultures and flip it around the other way how do they do diversity and inclusion? What are they doing and how do they make it part of their day-to-day? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So here's a bit of a, another dominant theory or opinion. Yep. <laughs> Which is because, you know, you read a lot of articles and stuff about how diverse teams achieve better results. Mm. But I reckon some of that is the wrong way around. As in, because otherwise what you're claiming is, essentially women are better than men or, or something, right? Because it's usually done in the gender context, I should say. But that's not what I think saying. Well, in my opinion, it's a constructive organization. A constructive culture is the kind of place where people are valued. People yep. are, you know, decisions are based on merit. It's fair. And so it's the also, it's the kind of place that achieves high performance. And it's also the kind of place that has diversity because we're basing it on those objective kind of criteria. And I happen to think, there's lots of smart, talented people of any category you want to throw at me. And so it's the constructive culture actually leads to both of those outcomes rather than one to the other. That's my little theory anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the tight because if you think of like an aggress so a, a place that doesn't value people, right? Mm. So maybe it's super aggressive, let's say, you know? Because hey, it's who it's not who you are, it's not what you've actually achieved, it's how hard you thump your chest or something. And yeah. You know, shoot down other people and all of this yep. stuff. So I'm not respecting the members because I'm taking credit for everybody else. Yeah. I'm going to not share information yep. with anyone. I'm going to ignore your idea because you don't matter. It's um, not fair. My the best way. Yep, all that sort of stuff, absolutely. You know, and that's the kind of Setting place. Setting unrealistic expectations, yep. And that's also the kind of place that would exclude people, yep. you know, and so I kind of think if you build that constructive culture, you'll, you'll get – you know, diversity is an outcome of having of being constructive, mm. in my opinion. Mm. But I think sometimes people miss that and, and kind of try and shoehorn it a bit rather than mm. yeah, that way around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Whereas if you're focusing on how do we be fully inclusive is we make sure that everybody understands what they're here to do in that achievement sense. We make sure that everybody feels valued and, you know, and they're curious and they're given the opportunity that we can, yeah, everyone gets the opportunity for growth and development in that humanistic encouraging sense. And we spend time making sure that we're building relationships down, up, across, and that we're listening to mm-hmm. 
the views of everyone. We don't have to agree, but we are active in understanding, well, okay, what's it like for you as a working mother, a single mother of, you know, three children and that sort mm. of stuff? And how is that different to my view of the world? And mm. okay, what impact does that have? And really trying to work that out or how does your multi your race or your gender or any of those things learning capabilities your disability how does that help or hinder once again to my favorite words mm. in us getting there you know like how do we make it and if we think about what workplaces are about and we think about constructive cultures and it's that you know when we look at it from significance my effort makes a difference so you know if i don't feel regarded how am i actually going to think that my effort makes a difference so we can join the dots for people. Oh, okay. So that's a challenge for you in order to contribute to the outcomes. Oh, well, that's an easy fix. So yes, changing the lens a little in terms of what's the organization really about. And then, yeah, how do you feel part of it? Mm, Yes. You know, and I think, you know, what it reminds me of actually was years ago, we had Michael Kern's Speak at one of our conferences. So, Michael's Career the, Trackers, wasn't he? Yeah, founder, CEO of Career Trackers. At that time, he was here. And so, they help Indigenous Australians get paid internships inside, you know, corporate Australia sort of thing, get a foot in the door. But what was really interesting about his speeches, he talked about they were very clear on their values as an organization. And one of their values was excellent. And so, they had to be excellent as a company because they expected excellence from their students. And he talked about in the early days, they needed these partnerships with different you know, companies who were going to take interns on board. And it was really important for him. And, you know, the early days when it's like they're not sure if the organization's going to survive or not kind of thing to get sign up these different companies. And he went and met with an organization in WA, talked to them about the program and what it's all about and all that. And they said, beautiful, Michael, you know, we'll think about it. We'll get back to you. I think they called him the next day and they're like, Michael, we, we, we love it what you talk about, and we'd like to take some interns on. It's like, oh, excellent. Let's I'll organize for an interview. You know, we've had three students or something have expressed an interest and they study the type of area that's relevant to this company. We'll organize for an interview. No, no, no interview. We just need them to start Monday. We've got an intake on Monday and they have to start on Monday. And they said, hold on, who have you ever hired that you've never met, right? Who have you ever hired that you've ne- never even met? And the answer is no one, you know, and because it wasn't any more about merit because these kids are smart, talented kids. They just need a foot in the door, right? But it wasn't about that. This company, it was it had become about just, you know, on their annual report, they could say that they've done something. And then you wonder, okay, so what are the actual outcomes for the students who join, you know, an organization like that, you know, because it's all about the window dressing. Yeah, and even if I think back to you know, many years ago, you know, we getting someone, I think they were hearing impaired into the workplace, well, what are we going to get them to do? You know, how are we going to get them to do this? And, you know, so yes, we'll tick the box, we'll get them in, but how right. do we make it meaningful for them? How do we make sure that they're right. all part of it? So it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah, well, we got all the people, we got the five people there for you on Monday, but no one was ready for them. We didn't have meaningful work for them. So when they turned up, that didn't feel actually included at all. And there's that danger of, well, you're just here because, you know, yeah. dot, dot, dot. And, like, I don't think that's fair either. No, no. You know, like, hey, it should be based on merit and there's mm. more. Like, you know, I, I used to do a bunch of work with career trackers. I've kind of lost touch with the guys because they've all changed. It's kind of changed mm. out from all the people I knew. But 
you know, I'd go along and into these just training events for students. Lots of smart kids, you know, there's mm. studying engineering and, you know, all sorts of things. And so based on merit, they'll get there, you know. So yep. you got to give them. So I think in fairness to them as well, like it's got to be based on merit. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, it's kind of unfair. Well, you open the door to, you know, you're just here because kind of. Yeah. Um, and, that, and then where, yeah. And so we take the diversity lens of, well, we're ticking the, you know, the diversity, we're celebrating that piece. Yes, look at what all the, rather than the actual fuller meaning of it, mm. uh, which is back to the point that our listener was sort mm. of raising. Mm. That's it, you know. And so, and she kind of said, you know, she's a firm believer, I think, in what she say, that I'm a big believer that exclusion feels like exclusion to everyone, right? Mm. And let's include that group this week. And that's probably true, you know. Those categories we just talked about, as far as the right person gets the job because they've got the right skills, you know, appraisals are based on genuine performance, not favoritism or something. Anyone can actually, I don't know if suffer is the right word, but suffer from those things not being mm. in place, you know, in a mm. team. And so we, we want that across the board, right? It should be based on, you know, and I just go back to, I, I keep it simple. It's like, to me, it's just about everyone should be respected. Yep. Things should be fair based on genuine fairness, and it should be based on merit. And if you can do those three things across the board, I reckon you're good to go. Yep. Have, you know, clear on the goal, make people feel that they're important, give them the support, build the relationship, collaborate, understand their perspective, which is all that what Constructive is about, repeating yep. what you said. Yep. And, yeah, and we should have all good inclusive or workplaces which demonstrate good inclusivity. Yep. That's it. So I hope that answers our question from the listener, at least provoked provides, a bit more conversation. Provides, yeah. provides a bit thought, of look, from our end. I'm yeah. sure there's probably some different views on this one, you know, but that's kind of, I, I guess I come at the lens because I start with a culture lens and a constructive lens. And so what mm. would a constructive organisation do is kind of the question I ask myself yep. to actually demonstrate and actually follow through on this stuff. It's got to be fair. We want it fair for everyone based on merit with respect. Yep. Um, and that's the norm. Fundamentally, that's what we're aiming for. That's the norm. Awesome. Thanks, V, for your views on that one. Thanks, Tom. No problem. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.